A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Viral a podcast series looking at the spread of COVID-19 as it continues to affect Ireland and the international world in a growing capacity. On the podcast today, we look at what Ireland can learn from UK pubs and all of the latest news from today's government announcement. This evening, in response to the increased spread of the disease in counties Kildare, Leash and Offaly, and acting on the very clear advice of public health officials, the government has decided to introduce a number of limited restrictions within those three counties for a period of two weeks from midnight tonight. That was Taoiseach Michal Martin speaking on Friday evening after clusters in Kildare, Leash and Offaly saw measures put in place to try and prohibit further infection in the regions. Adam Higgins has been covering this news for the Irish Sun. Adam, these measures will be in place for two weeks beginning from midnight. What exactly do they entail? So the main restriction that they have in place is that they're asking people to restrict their movements altogether. So if, if you can work from home, you should work from home. Then. You're allowed to visit other people's homes within the county as long as it's six visitors to a home from three different households. You can meet up with friends outside in groups of 15. They've also closed cinemas, theatres, museums, galleries, bingo halls, any other indoor sport or dance or things like that that people might do in the evenings. That's all called off and cancelled. The restaurants and pubs shut down again, which is a big blow for them. Mm. They can still do takeaway and deliveries. And then there's also nursing home visits, prison visits are all suspended as well. So essentially, I suppose it's a regression into phase two of the roadmap. Exactly, yeah. It's a step backwards and a, and a rather unfortunate step backwards for the people in those three counties. And we know that a huge proportion of these infections have come out of a meat processing plant in Kildare. Has this brought up any questions as to whether the working conditions for the people involved were satisfactory? It's brought up a host of questions about working conditions. And these are questions that will come as no surprise to people who have been tuned into this from the start because at the very beginning of the pandemic, these cases came up, with not, not specifically those factories, but other meat processing factories around the country. And people talked about how migrant workers work in some of the factories, how they live together in close-knit communities, 14, 15 people in a house, and that they're not paid that well, and they'd be afraid to take sick leave because some of them aren't paid sick leave and that sort of thing. Then the outbreaks that are affecting these three counties are across a number of plants. There's four different plants, uh, all to do with food processing. And they've been closed down. They're going through deep cleans. They're going back to the minimum amount of staff they can have in. And two of the plants in particular have 80 cases each in them. A further 98 cases were announced today, including four deaths. Were these also related to the clusters coming out of the processing plants? The 98 cases that were announced today are across the three counties. There's just over over 60. So two-thirds of the cases are from those three counties. The The vast majority of them are from 
all those four meat plants that are involved. And the one thing that's important to highlight from this is that there's no community transmission yet in those three counties. So it's not a situation where the virus is in and amongst people and they don't know where they're getting. They know that all the cases that they've gotten, they can pinpoint where they started and where they came from. The reason they're taking such stringent measures today is that they are afraid that they're going to get into community transmission. So this is a very much a proactive step that they're locking down the communities in order to stop virus spreading amongst the community and then eventually getting into the vulnerable groups such as nursing homes and places like that. With that in mind obviously the decision will come as a major blow to people living in the counties. Is there any feeling of injustice for those impacted or has there been any opposition so far? There really has and it's coming from all corners. So earlier today we saw uh, the Kildare Chamber of Business released a statement saying that at least 12 people are going to lose their jobs because of these restrictions. They call them needless and irresponsible and a drastic knee-jerk reaction from the government and from the National Public Health Emergency Team. We've even had uh, former Justice Minister uh, Charlie Flanagan. He said if, if we're going to do these localised lockdowns, then you're going to have to put localised supports in. He said the businesses that you're closing down are going to need more support. And in a reaction to that later on in the day, Stephen Donnelly, the health minister, said that there wouldn't be any specific new financial packages for the three counties that they would rely on the same packages that all the rest of the companies in the country got through the July stimulus package. Now, in a busy week of COVID-related news around Ireland, the government also made a decision on Tuesday to once again pause any further movement into phase four of the roadmap to reopening. Finn McRedmond is a London-based Irish Times writer and has been looking at what Ireland might be able to learn about how British pubs have been operating during the pandemic. Here is my chat with her. Finn, the government has been met with a wide array of difficult decisions over the past five months. Closing schools and imposing travel restrictions have been two of the main ones, but the issue around pubs has been met with more contention, I'd argue, than most others. Why do you think this is? Well, I think obviously people having been locked down for so long are really just looking to get their social lives back. Lots of people who live alone or locked down with their families just kind of want to get out and and it's a good way to feel like your life is returning to normal. It's an easier way to feel like your life is returning to normal to go to a pub with your friends than it is to go to, for example, a garden centre or a park. Um, So obviously there's that compelling social reason for people. And then there's also, I think, on the other side of things, the kind of economic question and the general viability of the hospitality industry that lots of pubs are expressing quite a lot of distress at their financial situation, you know, like burdened by the lockdown and seeing that situation with little signs of improving anytime soon. And pubs are, you know, they're important pillars of communities, especially in rural Ireland, important pillars of rural communities. And I think people have an emotional and almost a romantic attachment to pubs. So obviously it's very compelling to people in that way as well, I think. Back in June, the Fine Gael government we had at the time were responsible for rushing forward most of phase four of the roadmap into phase three. We're obviously now living with the coalition government. Is there any indication on whether Fine Gael's views may have differed from Miel Martin's Fianna Fáil party with regard to further delaying the move into phase four this time around? As Fine Gael were, you know, kind of slightly really loosening lockdown measures as the infection rates around the country were pretty low and very manageable. So it's hard to know whether the coalition government would have acted in the same way under different circumstances. But the circumstances are now telling the government the infection rate is maybe too high. The R rate might be rising. You know, we're seeing more and more clusters of uh, infection emerging. 
So really, I think it's probably more circumstantial than it is beholden to the particular political instincts of you know, the Fine Gael government or the coalition government. Tuesday's decision obviously made for grim viewing for Republicans around the country, but that was also accentuated when Micheál Martin failed to confirm whether he believes wet pubs may reopen this side of Christmas. What was the reaction to that from the likes of the LVA and other groups that are stakeholders? Yeah, I mean, the reaction was, I, I guess, fairly predictable. They said, I don't have the exact quote to hand, but he said, like, you know, make no mistake, this is terrible. It could be a, like a death knell for so many pubs. And where they were really careful to emphasise that it's not just the pub owners, but it's the staff of the people who work in pubs and it's the families of people who depend on people who work in pubs for their livelihood. They just painted a pretty dire and worrying picture for the future, not just of individual pubs. Some have already closed down. I think the last I saw was that at least 11 are known to have closed down, but more might do soon. And Stephen Donnelly cited that international evidence led the decision-making on reopening, or I suppose not reopening pubs. What was this in reference to, do we know? There is a, quite a lot of evidence coming from America, especially. There was a good New York Times article recently that tracked lots of COVID-19 outbreaks and managed to identify them as coming from particular bars, especially in southern states of America. I guess he could also be referring to evidence of infection rates are ticking up over in the UK since pubs have been opening. But I think what is interesting is that when we're talking about international evidence, we have to be very clear that infection rates ticking up in correspondence with the pubs reopening doesn't capture the whole story. There's lots of parts of the economy are reopening, lots of parts of the economy that could be responsible for infection rates ticking up. Also, as measures are loosened on how many households can um, mix together, it's also another way that infection rates tick up. It's not just all the pubs open, they're solely responsible for this increase in infection rates. Has it had much of an impact on their own infection rates so far? Might they follow suit with Ireland where we might see pubs closing that had been opened or further restrictions being imposed? Yeah, so in the UK at the moment, they're talking about close the pubs such that we can open the schools, which again is, a, I think, a question that is going around in Ireland as well at the moment. So these are considerations definitely bearing in mind on the UK government. Since pubs have reopened here, you know, they've been done with very strict social distancing, but the measures are perhaps not as strict as they are in Ireland. You have to be served a meal, you have a time limit, etc. They're not as stringent, but just from anecdotal evidence, seeing in the UK the pubs being open, social distancing measures are largely being observed by staff and customers. You also have to give contact details when you arrive, such that if there is an outbreak on the premises or if there is an outbreak that, or if there is an infection that is linked somehow to the pub, mm. you are contacted and you know you have to isolate and get tested, etc. So it seems that the system is working. Another interesting thing we saw weeks ago now that the pubs were first allowed to reopen, but just days after they were first allowed to reopen for pretty immediately had to close their doors again because infections were linked back to particular pubs. Mm. Now, the people who were really against the pubs opening saw this as, well, look, this is just proof. This is proof all along that this is a terrible idea. We shouldn't open the pubs. But in a slightly more charitable interpretation, and as Matt Hancock, the health secretary over here, pointed out as well, this isn't actually a sign of the policy failing of reopening the pubs. This is actually a sign of their coronavirus mitigation policy working, which is to say if we're going to try and restart the economy, try and get people out there spending money and try and get some kind of normalcy back into our lives, then we have to learn to live with the virus. And that is going to require contact tracing, pubs closing their doors when infections are linked to them, making sure that everyone isolates, reopening when they can, 
and just kind of constantly trying to keep the virus at bay as much as possible without just locking down forever until mm. the virus is eradicated because that seems like an impossibility. Your article made reference to a lot more localised testing taking place. What has that looked like so far and what results has it yielded? I think people are looking at figures, let's say for the UK, people are looking at figures and they go, oh my God, they're going up, they're going up, it's going to get out of control again, we're going to be back where we were in March if we don't do something serious. But what that fails to capture is a slightly obvious point, but I think easily forgotten point is that the UK has massively increased its testing capacity. So the more tests you carry out, obviously the more positive results you're going to get. But it's not only the more tests you carry out, it's that they're carrying out targeted testing. So if there's an area that's known to have high coronavirus rates, known to have high infection rates, loads more testing goes on there. So if you test more and test in areas where coronavirus is already prevalent, you're going to return a lot more positive Mm. cases. So I just think what we really need to be careful with is when we're presented with raw figures, like how many cases were there, like 670, I think, they said there were confirmed cases on Tuesday in the UK. You don't just go, oh, my God, that's 670 cases. It's going up. It's going up. The R rate is going to get out of control. You go, okay, let's contextualize this figure. Let's think about why this figure might be so high. Let's think about not only as a product of more testing, but also these figures might come from localized outbreaks in clusters, as you call them. They might be outbreaks in prisons or schools or care homes, which doesn't necessarily translate into a high rate of community transmission. Mm. And a high rate of community transmission is very worrying, but just a simple raw figure does not tell you everything you need to know. It requires interrogating the context behind that. Michael Ryan from the WHO spoke on how localised lockdowns might aid the reopening of some industries impacted by the virus. We already saw this taking place in the UK with Leicester City. How did that turn out? Since then, large parts of the North East have been going into localised lockdowns. But the difference between those places and Leicester is that the government now is acting earlier and quicker than it did with Leicester. It goes, okay, for these local lockdowns to work, we need to preempt community transmission getting out of control. We need to see the seeds of it happening and then lockdown rather than waiting for it to get too bad and locking down almost Mm. before it's too late. It seems to be quite a positively accepted policy in the UK. From a layman's perspective, it seems to make sense. You know, mm. if London has a low rate of community transmission, why would you have to lock down London because the rates in Manchester are really high? And it's all designed with keeping people's lives as normal as possible, but also all designed with like keeping the economy as ticking along as much as you possibly can. And local lockdowns does seem to be a way to do that. We could see it soon in Ireland. I don't know. I know they haven't got any plans yet, but it seems to work here, so... That was episode 39 of Viral COVID-19. I'd like to thank the Irish Suns, Adam Higgins, and the Irish Times, Finn McRedmond, for joining me on the podcast this week. We'll be taking a break now for two weeks, but we will be back again once more later on this month for more up-to-date news and info on Ireland's response to the COVID-19 outbreak. I'm Ian Doyle. I'll talk to you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 